Powered by GoGoat Sports. In partnership with TSN, this is Season 4, Episode 41 of the Ray and Drake's Hockey Podcast. It is presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. Here I am in my home office, Ray Ferraro. Looks like you're back home in your home office. That must yeah, have been a, a long pit stop, Greg. Yeah. Pit stop. <laughs> you got home yesterday. Around. Yeah, I got home yesterday at 3.30. Yeah. Uh, went to the Canucks game last night with Reese and uh, watched the oh, Rangers cool. play. And, yeah. Uh, and then I uh, won the red eye tonight going back to uh, back to Raleigh for the outdoor game, which should be really fun. They've got, you know how they do them all a little different than the the splash local flavor into all of them. Yeah. There's one, one end of the stadium is the student section from oh the university. That'll be allowed. Oh wow. Can you imagine? So they've got between the two stadiums, well, the arena where the Canes normally play and the football hey, hey. stadium is this massive parking lot. So it's this huge tailgate thing. The game's at eight at night. Oh boy. Yeah. You can imagine the lubrication and <laughs> people get into the building. So I assume it'll be pretty loud. Uh, it should be fun. Yeah. The only, honestly, the only thing we're really worried about is the rain, is right. that if it rains, which is the enemy of, of yeah. all the outdoor games. Uh, the other thing too, it's then, I mean, right off the top, just condolences to Alex Ovechkin, who obviously will not be there. His father passed away a couple of days ago. And so Ovi's back, yeah. back home with his family. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely puts obviously a damper on the event, but I, Ray, I can tell you, having a conversation with Donnie Waddell, the general manager of the Hurricanes, back of the board of governors meetings in December, you know, he gushed about the excitement in the community. And I've got outdoor game fatigue, admittedly, but when you're there like you in the capacity of work and you're part of the broadcast, or you're there simply as a fan and you're there for the enjoyment value, to me, it's it's similar to the All Star, but better because the points actually matter, and 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 all the clubs involved in these things have to take it seriously. So you get the entertainment value of the event plus a competitive, normally a meaningful hockey game on top. Yeah, I, there are two things that jump when you said that to me. Is I think when the outdoor game first started, remember the first one was Pittsburgh and Washington, and was yeah, in, yeah, or was it Pittsburgh, was it Washington? Pittsburgh? And, um, yeah, it was because it was in yes. the snow right? and heavy uh, snow. Sid, yeah. and Sid scored the, the winning goal in the shootout. Mm -hmm. And I think the view was that was a national game and they were going to be once in a while and they were going to be national games. And then they, you know, kind of pivoted to this, it's yeah. more for the local market than anything else. And so, yeah, there is outdoor game fatigue because there's, I think this is the 37th or something of yeah. them that they've done, but it is, it's for the local market. That's the first thing. The second is what you said about the game meaning something. Yeah. So I'm at the Canucks game last night. Guys score goals. I don't know where it became cool to not celebrate a goal, but goals are hard. Like, yeah. like do these guys think they're going to get 67 goals a year each? So like celebrate it a little bit, but they, but they don't, they kind of like, they do the cool nah. guy thing and whatever. I, I was way happier when I scored. I thought I'd never score again. So this was like <laughs> fabulous. Watch the guys in the outdoor game when they score. Like it is like, hopefully this will be like six, four or something like yeah, that. But right. They're so excited because it's something different. So there is extra juice to it. And so I, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, it'll be my first one outdoors in the NHL. I did one on New Year's Eve in the junior tournament, but this will be great. Great fun. We have Ottawa Senators star centerman, Tim Stutzluck. 
joining us in a bit here on the podcast. What a great story he is. We'll get to headlines in just a moment, but I just want to wrap up this outdoor game uh, introduction to the podcast here and take it back. I mentioned the all-star and, and the environment that that can be. I mean, you were there for the game. I know that there's already been postmortems with the NHL, some lower level grumbling among some, you know, the event was too long. They tried some things, they tweaked some things, the sponsors wanted this, all of that, and it didn't work the way that they were hoping. So there's uh, there's there's some thought. They're not going to overhaul it. They're certainly not going to blow it up for Toronto next year, but there's going to be some fine-tuning to encourage the event, however you do this, to be more competitive, both from a skills competition perspective and the game. So anyway, just some a lot of back and forth moving forward here on on making well, it better than it was. The one thing I would suggest right away is that, you know, coming out of there, that's a big glass, big cup there, big mug. You yeah, big there. oranges. Yeah, yeah. I see that. Yeah, I see it says on there, and it's got the pictures of the oranges too, is uh, everybody had, everybody you talked to had an idea, right? And so I think it's really important in the next couple of months to to gather as many ideas as you can and go, what's feasible, what's not? How can we keep it in the time frame we 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 need it to be in, whatever that is? But there were a lot of really good ideas I heard of being around there that I was like, they could, with not a whole lot of change, but they could make that event snappier, quicker, faster, more efficient without without a lot of change. And so they've got from now until whenever when they've really got to start putting the pieces together to look at that. Yeah, and everything you just said is exactly the direction that the league and the players' association intends. On taking in time for next year in Toronto. Headlights this season presented by Boston Pizza. And it makes sense because you were at the Canucks game last night to uh, start with the New York Rangers. Heater is the word, right? Thanks to Jack Hughes. So anytime a team goes on a, a mini run, it's not a streak anymore, right? It's called a heater. The kids like that word, heater. Well, the New York Rangers are on a heater. That's six straight wins. They've scored 31 goals in that span, so that's a pretty right. nice number. The average of, of five and change, closing in on the New Jersey Devils in the Metropolitan. What do you like about what you're seeing now in the New York Rangers? Is it the offense and then some, a little bit of everything? What are you seeing? Well, I, <clears throat> I'm going to start at the other end of it. The offense is, you know, speaks for itself, but they've got one of the, one of the best goalies in the league, in Igor Shesterkin, who's had perhaps a smidge of a backstep from his otherworldly season last year. He was stopping the puck 93.5% of the time last year, 0.935. Ridiculous. So his numbers aren't quite as good this year, but he's one of the game's best. They've got an excellent top four. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lindgren and Fox, Truba and Miller are really, really good. Schneider is going to be a really good player. They're youngster on the right side of the blue line, and they just added Mikola from St. Louis. It's a really good defense. Yeah. Could they use another guy maybe, you know, for depth? And I think maybe they, they get to that by the deadline. Up front, they're dangerous. And, you know, they added Tarasenko. I didn't, I haven't liked him so far in New York. Uh, he doesn't skate like he used to skate. He doesn't, he's not as fast. Not that he was ever a burner, but yeah. I, I don't know. He just, he made one really good play last night. He had one chance. And I would say that's a smidge of a concern for me that he might not be what everybody anticipates. But how about this, Drake? Since the 5th of December, they're 21, 4, and 3. That's 
be easy. When they score four goals, they've done it 22 times this year. How many games do you think they've won? 22 times this year they've scored four or more? Four or more, yeah. 18. 22. <laughs> they they get four, they win. And there's more goals this year. They get four. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a third of the time they're getting four goals. This is a really good team. And they're still, you know better dots, but they're, they're still around. Oh they're yeah. Still around. There's not, they're not, yeah. they're not finished yet. And what's happened too, is they're by some of the additions, they've allowed them to get those kids back together where they seem to play really good. Philip Heedle is really, really had a very good year. But that gets really Cackle good. and Lafreniere with them. And that's a, that's a terrific third line too. That's a, that's a good team. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's some tinkering that Chris Dury can do moving forward and no doubt he will between now and the trade deadline. And, you know, we'll, we'll eventually find out to what significance, you know, since the Tarasenko trade, no trades. Now there are a couple that we believe to be, you know, front burner for sure. And that's Chikrin sitting on the sidelines and that's Gavrikov sitting on the sidelines for trade related reasons. But you know, you watch a team like Detroit sneak out two points versus the Edmonton Oilers last night, and and that's part of the answer, isn't it? In 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 ask answering the question as to why there are no trades, well, it's because a team like Detroit right. stays in the mix, right? I you know, Eisman if Detroit loses a game like that, or they lose a series of games in a row. Well, maybe that changes the thinking of how aggressive Steve Eisenman wants or needs to be. Is he more of a buyer? Is he more of a seller? But that's what gums things up is there really isn't a clear cut line at this stage, aside from the teams at the lower end of the league between the buyers and the sellers. But I guess that'll show itself in the days. Well, it will. And that adds pressure to the managers because what might've been an easy decision to sell or buy becomes more and more complicated as the team plays themselves into a different position and the yeah. days get shorter. I mean, what's the 16th of February here? We're, we're now to t- basically two weeks till it's go time for them. And you know, that last day, yeah. you know, that a deal will come up, the names come up, the hockey department talks about it. The scouts are talking about it. The GMs are talking to the pro scouts. Who else do they have in there? Um, mm. in their organization to balance out the trade. The amateur scouts are saying, we like these draft picks. We like these yeah. prospects. The analytics department's putting together quick profiles on the players that they have all at their disposal. And then all that information lands on the desk and you got, I don't know, how long do these guys have for a decision? 15 minutes by the or time less. it gets to the end, yeah. right? They're like, yes or no, because I'm moving on to the next guy. Yeah. So here's the crazy yeah. thing, Drake, you bring up Detroit. So I just checked them out again here. So 58 points in 53 games, same as Buffalo. There are th- two points behind Florida, three points behind the Islanders. They've got four games in hand on both of those teams. <laughs> so you've got to give them the thought that they'd win two of those games and that, that puts them in front of both of those. That puts them right behind Washington. Yeah. And they've got three games in hand in Washington. Washington's an interesting team. I, I had their game last week. All six defensemen that played in the game, Drake's unsigned mm-hmm. yeah. for next year. Yeah. Like this really feels like, now Martin Ferravari is a, is a good young player. He'll get signed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there are players there that they probably will sign, but my goodness, no, they feel like yeah. a team and in, in transition, they may be a seller. They could be, you know, that because they might say, look, this is as far as we're going to go here. So we might, we might need to move some pieces. Mm. It'd be really interesting to watch Washington too. Hey, look, I want a quick thought on the Nashville Predators. They can't yeah. seem to figure it out. They just can't seem to figure it out. And 
what I know based on, on multiple sources, not breaking news, it's obvious, a frustrated group right now, probably from the multi-layered ownership group that they have, certainly through the general manager's office, coach's office, and into that dressing room. There's rumblings about the coach and a disconnect with his players and, and all of that. Uh, it, it seems like David Boyle's got a tough decision to make, right? I mean, who's in play, who isn't in play? with the trade deadline looming. And how many times can you shuffle the deck chairs here before you got to do something even more drastic than what I've just suggested? Well, okay. So remember before last year, John Hines went to Matt Duchesne and Ryan mm -hmm. Johansson in particular, but Philip Forsberg yeah. as well. And they had this hash out meeting with all of them individually about, they basically said, we need a little more freedom. Yeah. And Hines said, well, I need a little more work. And somewhere they met in the middle and they, you know, Duchesne and Johansson had unbelievable years. They did. And this year, not so much. No. So you look at those guys in Forsberg who are, you know, that's the, the top end of their offense. They've all stepped back. So it becomes predictable that they're going to be not as good a team. Yeah. And so I, I think it's not even that the teams get fooled. The problem is you're contractually obligated to guys that have a great year that don't have a great year the next year. What are you going to do? Like they can yeah. be frustrated all they want. Who's signing up for Ryan Johansson at $8 million a year? Yeah. Probably not a lot of teams. I think he's got three years left on that thing, Drake's. Yeah, it's a tough one. So your options become really limited by the contracts you've signed prior. Mm -hmm. That When I look at Nashville, that's exactly where I think they are. They're like, they're stuck and it's mm -hmm. a really hard, hard place to be. Yeah. All right, let's wrap up headlines with this. News this week, Bruce Garriock of the Ottawa Sun broke the news linking Ryan Reynolds, the Hollywood star, to the Remington Group. This is a Toronto-based family, you know, obviously tons, tons of money. Um, so they're in, in the line to buy the Ottawa Senator. And my sources tell me that the reason Reynolds jumped with the Remington Group so early is because he liked the complete package, a real comprehensive plan here not just trying to build a young team in the Ottawa Senators into a contending team, but everything that goes with that, the growth of the community, building, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but I also know that Reynolds' position is it's the Remington group or bust. So if they don't ultimately get the winning bid, is this a big miss for the NHL not to have a guy of this magnitude, you know, waving the flag of the NHL? Well, just think of how excited people got when Reynolds' name was just even attached to being on the periphery of this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's just, it's a win on several, several layers. Um, I did read one thing. I'm not sure if it was from Bruce Garriock or not, but a thought of maybe some, because the project really is not just about the rink and the team, it's yeah. about so much more, is that, is it possible that groups get together on it? That one group heads more of the hockey department, one group heads more of the real estate department, yeah. um, which of course is the housing and everything that goes around that area and which yeah. is a very, very complicated and valuable area in, in Ottawa. And I thought, well, maybe that kind of expands what Reynolds commitment does just with the Remington group, because it's not like the other groups are insignificant. These are big players no, too. No. So it, yeah, it certainly doesn't sound like a, you know, a done deal, but I guess he had to align with somebody. You can't yeah. just wait there and parachute in at the last minute, but man, it would be sure be nice for the league if 
if he was involved in everything that he brings with it. Yeah. Those are your headlines. Thanks again to Boston Pizza. Our interviews on Rand Regs this year are brought to you by Canadian Club Whiskey. We're asking, are you over beer? Why not try a refreshing CC and ginger ale next time you're having a drink or watching a game? Hi, it's Ray Ferraro. You've probably heard me talking about my friends at North Beach Agency and Craft Growth. They provide customized marketing solutions tailored to help grow businesses of all sizes. From results-driven marketing across TV, radio, and podcasts to websites, digital, social, out-of-home, and everything in between, they have the proven expertise to get the measurable results you need to get your business growing. You can visit craftgrowth.net and book your free business growth consultation now. That's craftgrowth.net. All right, great to be joined by Tim Stutzla, the Ottawa Senators here on the Rain Regs Hockey Podcast. And uh, Tim, uh, we'll get to all the fun stuff here momentarily. And uh, just fair warning, we've got some good fodder on you that dates back and current days as a star in the NHL. But talk about how this season has gone for you. Of late, you've got, what, 10 points in your last five, including four points against uh, Montreal, four points in, against Calgary. Early January, you had four points against Seattle. Yeah. So is it just one of those things where if you feel the juices flowing and and you get off to a quick start, that a game can turn into a multiple-point game like that? Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. I think so. First of all, thanks for having me. Uh, it's a <laughs> pleasure. And, um, yeah, no, it's it's been awesome. I mean, I, the year's been great. Um, I just try to get better every day. We have uh, so many good guys in the in the group there. And we just have fun playing hockey and coming to work every day. And so it makes it easy for me. I play with great players. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been really nice. And, um, yeah, for me, it's just, uh, one of those nights you feel really good. And then, um, it just goes your way. The puck comes to you every time and you just, uh, try to read, read as well as you can. But, um, yeah, talk about Calgary. I think I have one of my worst games ever. And then you go <laughs> with four points and uh, get the win there. But no, it's just sometimes how it goes and you you just try to stay with it all the time. Isn't it funny? Like you have one of those nights and everybody says to you after, oh, great game. And inside you go, yeah, it wasn't that good. I just, the puck came to me tonight. It's the worst. It's the worst to be honest. Like some guys are just I don't know, like guys who, who don't really understand hockey, you just see all over the media, what a game by him. And then you just know, like, oh, my God, I was so bad. And then, <laughs> like, guys came after me after the game. And they're like, you had four points tonight. I'm like, yeah, I was so bad. And I looked at five giveaways. Like, I felt I played awful. <laughs> but um, in the end, um, we just sucked with it and got the win. So that was awesome. When When I started, Tim, I was with a team that was really young, just like you guys are. And it felt to me like, as I look back, how helpful it was that everybody was kind of in the same stage of life. You're all young. Most of you aren't married. Most of you don't have kids. It's just hockey and hanging out with the guys. Is that a little bit what it feels like for you? Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, I mean, we have so many young guys, but then we also have some veteran guys who's been around for a longer time. And that I think that's really, really good. Like some guys, some guys have kids like I love. Sometimes playing with the kids down there after the game when we when we get a win and the and all the kids come down it's right. uh, always fun and um, in the end no it's it's great to have some young guys around who 
yeah, who, who maybe you kind of go out for dinner with. And then if you have like an older team, I think most guys stay at home with the wives and the kids, which is which is awesome, too. But uh, in the end, it's always fun having a couple of younger guys you can go out for dinner with. Uh, right before you came uh, in your draft year, you came to the NHL, um, you're playing in Germany, playing back home, and Ben Smith was one of your teammates. And so like an older guy to younger guy, I read a lot of stuff and my son played against you and uh, in the league. And he's like, man, it's the first time I played against a guy in a cage that was that good. He said, <laughs> you look so young. But did what did Ben Smith help you with? Oh, uh, he's the best. I mean, um He's always been there for me uh, when I had some bad games. He always came to me. He's like, don't worry about it. You're a great player. Just keep playing your game. And I think when you're younger, you always get get really down on yourself when you have a bad game and you always want to be the best. But you don't really understand that in hockey, when you play so many games, you you don't feel great every night and you don't have it every night. And I think that's that's what he tried to teach me. And um, he's been around for so long. Uh, he won a lot of things. And He's just been a great leader. I mean, the the way he works off the ice at this age still. And um, yeah, it's just it was just a pleasure to watch him play. And I still try to watch as many DL games as I can and um, just uh, watch my buddies back there play. I think everybody on the team helped me a lot getting to the point where I'm right now. Do you miss um, like the atmosphere in those games? Like compared oh, like, here, everybody comes in North America. They just watch the game. And over there, it's the chanting, the visiting team you know, has their supporters section. Like, do you miss some of that? Oh, yeah, uh, 100%. I mean, I, I I will never say the fans here are not as loud, but um, it's just different. Like, it's like fans are just like yelling and singing all game in Germany. And it's just a, a little bit different. But I think it's getting like louder here when we score mm. and like when there's a big chance. And when like when the game we played in Calgary, like a lot of people laugh uh, at uh, against Calgary at home. A lot of people laugh, but it was still so loud when we tied it up. So it just uh, it's just a little bit different. I think the the way people watch the game is just different than in Germany. But um, I I just think the the country uh, Canada, the way they treat hockey and the way they love watching hockey is just uh, it's just been awesome. No kidding. All right, Tim Stutzler, our guest on the Rain Regs podcast. A couple of insider related questions, quick ones from from me here, Tim. Number one, uh, I've been asked to ask you to talk about your pickleball ranking. I think I'm, uh, so the ranking right now, I'm uh, number one. Wow, and I, oh, really? I'm really I'm really convinced in uh, being number one in pickleball on the team. Um, <laughs> but, and then the the number two is G. I think it's always a tight game with, with Drew. Uh, he's really competitive too, can't really lose. <laughs> And then I would say there's a huge gap, and then the next guys come <laughs> right in there. So uh, it's always up and down there from the guys, but I think one and two is a, a lock there. And do you them. have a do you have a championship trophy? Like, is there a belt or something? <laughs> no, we don't. But uh, we we sometimes are like right now uh, we're getting back to playing almost every day. We have like a a nice little court at the rink there. Like it's not like really like pickable, like actually pickable. It's like a little bit longer. We play like two v two and one v one, and then we have like a ranking like written on the board. He's who's like number one player. We got the most wins. It's uh, it's no, it's pretty funny, but it's like more up and down. But the one and two is always a lock. Okay, so the follow up to that then is I've told I'm told that you also have legendary sleep habits. What does that mean exactly? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if it's legendary, but I just, uh, I like sleeping, I guess. Yeah. I'm, uh, I How like long's sleeping. a nap? I, How long's sorry? a nap? How long's a game nap? 
it depends so when like when i feel pretty good i go like 90 like 90 minutes and then um if i'm like tired i go like two hours yeah that's a good afternoon isn't it yeah it's it's pretty good (laughs) but sometimes i wake up and like oh oh boy i'm tired today (laughs) and then it's like when you sleep a little bit too long it's not good either so i just try to when i was younger i always napped like three hours like as long as i could but uh, (laughs) i was too tired how about when you wake up from that nap and your legs feel like cement and you're going to the rink and all you can think of is come on legs wake up just a little bit just a little eh? sometimes you just feel when you wake up and you're like you want to move in the bed and you're like oh the legs are tight today and then you're like okay i gotta get moving a little bit and then you try to go for a walk or something get some fresh air and then uh, trying to move when you take a shower and like get the legs ready but uh, sometimes it's just hard hey when you're back home uh, and you're just a little kid and you're playing when did you know i want to be an nhl player like that's the german you know to play at the national level in germany is one thing but i, I want to play against the the best league when when did you know that yeah, I think you you always like I when I was younger, I always wanted to watch NHL and like I, I always wanted to be at that point. Um, but in the end, I think you really re- I really realized that I have a chance was when I uh, went to Mannheim and uh, when I was like 15 years old and um, the national team stuff started and you played against like Finland, Sweden, like uh, mm-hmm. some Canadian teams. And you kind of realize when you look at guys who like uh, guys who are already in the rankings for the NHL and like, you know how it is in Canada, how it's getting like hyped up and everything. And I was just uh, like 15 years old. I was like, uh, I didn't really knew anything was going on. And um, I just wanted to try my best and work every day. And um, I think it worked out pretty, pretty good with uh, what I did and um, that I stayed in Mannheim playing pro hockey there. I think that was the right decision. And um yeah when i when i started that year that was my goal to get drafted as high as possible um who was your uh who was your favorite uh player who was the, who was the guy you wanted to be i think there are a lot of guys i mean um for me it was always crosby um the the things he won and um the way he played but um definitely a guy I, I love watching it's been a lot of fun um he won he won a lot too is patrick came i mean um mm. he's just uh so much fun to watch and yeah, the the recent years he's playing great hockey, and it's just uh, he has so much skill. So it just looks easy what he does. Um, but um, yeah, right now every time I get home, I watch hockey, and um, the the team I put on the most is uh, Edmonton uh, mm-hmm. because of McDavid. I mean, it's just uh, and Leon. It's um, just yeah, so much fun to watch him play. Now I I play a lot of golf. I know you play some, and your your game is getting there now in Canada. There's a great group of young players that are on tour now. And Canada's not been known as a big golf nation, but they're all kind of coming at the same time. It's the same thing in Germany. Like there's Dreisaitl, there's yourself, there's, uh, of course, Mo Sider and in Detroit and Paterka, your your buddy from the World Junior. <clears throat> are you guys proud of that? Like this mm-hmm. is kind of like a really cool age for German hockey. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean like proud i think can always be better and when you look at all the other countries like if you see look at canada like they're still there is still really really far away from them and if you if you see if you play them at the world championships it's like really hard to compete against them but um in the end i think that the guys we have right now i think we can be really proud of and um, they're not 
many many hockey players but i hope it's getting more and more and i think um yeah all the guys i mean uh leon obviously like he's such a great player and has been around for a long time and then you have mo who is playing the second year uh playing great hockey um one rookie of the year last year so and then you have reichel paterka you have the goalies um, and ruba grice just yeah just uh fun to watch and um, i tried to watch as many games as i can from the german guys now I did hear uh, about your golf game that Uh-oh. that you you do have you've maybe the worst bunker player of all time. Like how how hard can it be to get the ball out of the sand? Are you <laughs> is that a real weakness for you? <laughs> yeah, the chances are not really high when I'm in the bunker. But the thing is, I'm not in the bunker a lot, so that, oh, that's good. A good oh, that's a good thing. But um, yeah, I think as soon as it gets competitive. Uh, I think I'm playing better, right. but I'm just like playing. Like when we play for money, I think I'm 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 a better player. But when I just play and try to get better, I think I'm sometimes not as good as I would like to be. What uh, do you have a handicap? Uh, it's like around a fifteen to twenty. Yeah, uh, I would say. So, so I just started yeah, like when honest. Home, when you go back in the summer, can uh, like back home? Uh, can you play a lot? Is there a lot of places to play? Yeah, I have uh, I have actually a membership. Like I try mm. to get out there as much as I can, but sometimes all my buddies are like working or they have some family too, <laughs> so they can't really go out golf. So sometimes I just after my workout is done and um I have some time, I just go out, uh, hit a couple balls and um yeah, but but it's always way more fun when you play with buddies. Hey Tim, we've got a couple of fan questions uh, if you're into it. This one is from at Sens Bay. What is your favorite thing? about the city of Ottawa. And trust me, um, this lady is a big fan of Tim Stutzla. So what's your favorite part of Ottawa? Uh, I would say the people. Uh, that's what I, yeah. I think um, the people are just so nice and super kind. Like everywhere you go, it's just, uh, they're so welcoming and they they always want to help. And um, yeah, especially when you go like grocery shop, shopping or to the mall, they're always so welcoming you, and um, <laughs> sometimes in Germany it's not like that. They they don't really want to work, and uh, they don't really like working. But it's no, it's just uh, I think it's been awesome to watch that all the people here are super nice, and um, yeah, so welcoming to people uh, from maybe not from here or um, yeah, people from Canada too. All right, here's another one from uh, at I love Burroughs, Cindy Campbell, and this is timely. Your favorite Ryan Reynolds movie? Uh, I would go with Deadpool. I think oh, yeah. it's uh, the the movie's hilarious. Like it's just uh, really funny. And um, yeah, I, I watched I watched actually a couple movies, but uh, I think this one was pretty good. Is it pretty cool to hear his name linked around your team? Yeah, it's uh, it's great. I mean, um, I think we don't really like know what's going on or we don't really know what's happening but in the end uh it's always good to have uh, a guy like him who's been who's been actually to a couple of games and i think it got really loud when he was there too so uh the fans loved it and um now it's it's been awesome and um yeah hopefully uh something happens there we'll see what's going to happen but in the end that would be uh, definitely cool to see now um you know he's got of course, the soccer team in Wrexham that's got the documentary, and you must be—you must be a soccer guy, right? You—you—you you, you have to be. A little bit, yeah. I mean, I—I I Bundesliga or Prem? Bundesliga. Who do you like? Yeah. Uh, Bundesliga, I like Dortmund. Oh. 
Yeah. Uh, Holland. Yeah. He's a beast. Yeah, Holland. He's been he's there. A, he's been he's, there. He's he was great. a beast there. He's just oh. a monster. Yeah, he's in Man City now. He's doing great there too. But I like they have a young team, kind of like us. You know, it's kind of like us. They have like a really young team, and they uh, just kind of building. And um, now it's they are fun to watch. Definitely. Uh, were you a, okay, Messi or Ronaldo? I would think the way you play, you would be Messi. But is that right? Yeah, Messi. By like it's, it's. I don't think it's close. To be honest, I don't. Think I, I'm close. with you. I, I I'm with you. My kids think I'm crazy, but I Messi no. for me. Oh, 100%. I I think Messi by far. <laughs> so what's the rest of the year got for you, Tim? You guys are you're you're kind of hanging around the edge of being in a playoff race. You're you lose both of your goalies. Your you know, Mandelis comes in and does an amazing job for you. Do you guys do you still have a belief that you can run some wins together? I think you always I think you always have to believe. Uh if you if you don't believe, I don't think it's anything is going to really work out, but in the end, I think we we don't really want to put too much pressure on ourselves. We just want to play as many games as we can and play well in those games, play our style of game and show everybody how, how we work and that we're going to be a really good team. And in the end, I think uh, you can't really look every day and see how it goes and do this and this. No. Just got to focus on our game and try to win as many games as we can and play the best hockey we can. Yeah, and that's also tuning up for next year, right? And the excitement of, okay, you made strides this year, next year is going to be better. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you always want to get better year by year, and especially if you're a young team, you always always strive to get better every day, and uh, I think that's going to be a big part of our team to just get better every day. Well, I can tell you, Tim, your excitement level is infectious. I mean, not just here, obviously, on the podcast, but as a player, star for the Ottawa Senators and in the NHL, thanks for doing this and uh, all the best the rest of this year and looking forward to next year as well. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, all the best, Tim. Thanks. Thank you. And it's uh, time to raise a glass to the Fine Chronicles series, Canadian Club, to Tim Stutzla, the Ottawa Senators, for joining us today, presented by our friends at Canadian Club Whiskey. Final Chronicles series, the 45-year-old release, is now available everywhere. And, Ray, this is a pure endorsement for our YouTube channel, right? Because anyone listening doesn't get a sense. I mean, you can hear the excitement and, and just the youthfulness of Tim Stutzler, but you got to see it. I mean, as soon as he sat down with us, he had this big beaming smile, and I don't think he stopped smiling the entire interview. What a unbelievable personality that matches his game. You know, like there's, I, there's just not enough joy in, mm-hmm. in the game anymore. It's like it's, it's so hard and everybody's so focused and so worried about what they look like and how they look like it, and they don't want to celebrate too much. And with Tim, it just bursts out of him on the ice. Yep. And we were just lucky enough to talk to him for 15 or 20 minutes. I mean, I, whatever the Ottawa senators do in their PR department, get that kid out in front because <laughs> he is a, that's a, a gold star personality and, a, and an amazing young player really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. We throw around the term star slash superstar, maybe a little too much over the course of an NHL year, he's in that category. He's a star and not that far away from being a superstar. Or you could argue he's he's pretty much a superstar at this young age and his level of career. Yeah, I was interested that uh, he, you know, he brought up Patrick Kane because uh, when he was coming out of the draft, there was a lot of people that felt that's 
was a really good comparison for how Stutzla plays, the creativity, um, the way that he can handle the puck and zip around in traffic. And uh, man, he's a, he's just an amazing player. I, I also did get a, a, a belly laugh out of the game he had in Calgary where he said he stunned <laughs> and he got four points because every once in a while it just, there's a night you play amazing, you get no points and you're minus two. And you're like, I can't play any better than that. And then there's a night like Tim's talking about that stinks. Yeah. And you're like, ah, would you look at that? I guess it does even out. Well, thanks again to the Ottawa Senators and Tim Stutzla for joining us this week on the Rain Riggs podcast. All right, time for a Thursday edition of Chris Abbott presented by Batano.ca. Now available in Ontario, Batano, the game starts now. And we're shifting our sole focus at least for the Thursday edition of Rain Dregs to the National Hockey League, because there's some great prop bets on Botano.ca. Why don't we simplify it for our first crack at this, Chris, and look at the President's Trophy odds. And it seems pretty obvious, right, that the Boston Bruins feel like a safe and easy bet, or is that just a little bit too clear and obvious? Well, I mean, uh, I, I was looking at it this morning before before jumping on with you guys, and of course, yeah, they're in first place, so they're going to be the favorite for the President's Trophy, but it's like minus 555, minus 556, something like that. So when you have somebody who's such a big favorite, then the other teams, their odds look a whole lot better. I think Carolina, seven or eight points behind them in the standings, are paying four to one to win the President's Trophy. Carolina's on a great run right now. I think they're eight one one in their last ten. So I ask you guys: Is it too early to crown the President's Trophy? It seems to me that there's a lot that can happen between now and the end of the year. The only reason I'm I'm hesitant in saying that it's not too early is because as as Boston, aside from a few games, shown a level of weakness that would suggest that they're going to allow somebody to claw back into that discussion. No, the. The only thing that I could see becoming an issue is as they get deeper into this and, you know, what are they, well, they're 11 up on Toronto in the division, is that their two top centermen are 37 years old in Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. I, there's no reason for them to play 80 games. There, there really isn't. So what if you get down, I mean, you know, when you're at 10 points up with 15 games left and you go, you know what, Bergeron's going to play nine of these games and Krejci's going to play nine different of the games and you start moving guys around and resting them down the stretch a little bit that would give me a little concern about this I think the Bruins are almost a perfectly constructed team and I do believe much to your happiness Drake's that they will make a deal of significance like that they have to look at this like like when are we ever going to be in a better spot I mean it doesn't mean you win but but for we're talking about here that would be what gives me pause is that they may be far enough out in front that they go, nah, you know what? We can, we can start resting some of these guys. Yeah. And then you look at the, the rest of the odds, you know, and you're right. You said they're 11 up on Toronto. They're 10 up on, on Jersey. That's a lot of points to make up yeah. uh, on a good team, obviously. And then I think not only does Boston maybe, you know, kick it down a notch coming down the stretch, but some of these other teams, when they get close, well, does winning the President's Trophy really matter? Yeah, okay, you get first the first seed in home ice, yes, so that matters. But do you want to come into the playoffs healthy and things like that? So I don't know. I'd probably put put something on a long shot, like a like like a Jersey or a Tampa to to come storming late. But th those are pretty heavy odds in favor of the Bruins. All right. Well, look at the Stanley Cup futures, and and again, 
guess the conversation right starts with the Boston Bruins, but for me, it gets more interesting beyond that. And and I asked you before we started rolling here, you know, the top Canadian team, no surprise. The books say it's Toronto. Then you've got the Oilers. Winnipeg at thirty-four to one. Chris is where I yeah. want to put my dough on, and for one simple reason, it's Connor Hellebuck. Right? I mean, for the most part this year, he's been in Vesna form. You don't always have to have elite goaltending to win a Stanley Cup, but it helps. So if I'm looking behind, beyond the best teams like the Boston Bruins, for me, that's where I'm putting my dough on the Winnipeg Jets. Real long shot play at 34 to one. But, you know, one of the other things we were discussing is that a lot of the teams above them on the list are, are Eastern conference teams. Like, uh, you know, if I do quick math, one, two, three, four, that's not math. That's counting. five. <laughs> it's our math. <laughs> that's, that's about where my math tops out. Right. They're like fifth. They're like sixth, I think in, in Western conference, Stanley cup, nice. right? the Winnipeg jets. Yeah. So, uh, they're further down the list, but again, like we talked about before, somebody has got to be a favorite. Somebody has got to have longer odds. Uh, you know, I guess I'll put this to you. Is this a team that that adds some pieces? Maybe, you know, I know the fan base is, is super excited about what's going on there. Well, hell, they always are, yeah. which will help make the They're going to have the so cap good. space. So, you know, they're in a position to add for sure. And and they might be, the cool thing about, about the Jets is that they can wait. And as these other teams that are, you know, we read about and you report on Drake's about, you know, they, they're going to move these assets because they're moving into a different phase of their retool, rebuild, whatever. Well, pretty soon they're still stuck with these guys and it's March the 1st and there's Winnipeg sitting there in the catbird seat and saying, oh, you know what? We got a little room over here for whatever they will feel they need. I'm going to give you two teams, uh, abs to think about Dallas is a really good team. And I think they will add a forward. I, I think that's the goal anyway, to add a forward by the deadline. The second team, this will be a longer one. I'm curious what the number is, is Los Angeles. I think LA is sneaky good if they can find uh if they can find a goalie that they can really believe in. I mean, Phoenix Copley's been an amazing story. I mean, 27 years old, right? He's kicked around every league there is. And but is he a guy you go deep with? Or again, because they're gonna have some space, maybe they take a hit at or a swing at one of these uh goalies that that are on a contract that expires at the end of the year. And so you know, is that a Cam Talbot? Is you know, I've mentioned Thomas Grice before. Like that kind of makes sense for me, and I think LA is pretty good. So your Dallas pick, uh, they're second in the Western Conference at fourteen to one to win the Stanley Cup. LA is right there with Winnipeg at thirty-four to one. So yeah, it's a huge payday if you yeah. put a, a thirty-four to one bet, right? <laughs> uh, and that's why I think the Western Conference is is a little bit sneaky. Like everyone, everyone talks about the Eastern Conference being better than the Western Conference, maybe deeper, but only one team comes out. So Maybe there is that value out in the West. Have you identified your pick or picks, Chris? Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, man. Come on. I, I just, I would ruin, I could ruin a franchise by betting on them. <laughs> You're I'll the guy, you aren't you? You're the anchor. <laughs> I tell you this. I'm, you guys ever seen the movie, The Cooler? Oh, yeah. William H. Macy? Yeah. 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 I think I'm that guy. I think Casino should hire me <laughs> to just walk up next to the table and, and ruin everybody's night. Hey, how's everything going? Um, You're playing well, are you? How's the, the hands are going well for you? Let me sit with you finished exactly <laughs> exactly um you know i i tell you what i will do it's the same thing i do every year and this will get our friends in and around toronto excited nice. i'll be betting against them all, all the way okay um, they'll probably be a favorite it will be a favorite in their first round series i would think even against because they Tampa? are you know i think so because of they were last year and 
And I guess somebody's got to be a favorite. Interest, yeah. the, the interest in yeah. the Maple Leafs, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's not always how it stacks up. It's where's the action going to come in? So you're going to see more bets on the Leafs it, by foolish, foolish, foolish folks in Toronto. So in, um, oh, you're I will uh, listen. Who, who knows? Maybe, listen, man, it's the same thing every year. I, I read uh, Nick Kiprios had an article this morning, and, and it was just talking about you know the same thing that's been plaguing the organization. You know, the tough games happen, and and then the results seem to seem to happen. I mean, their speed and skill is undeniable, and sometimes they get pushed around a little bit. Have has that been addressed? I don't know. Yeah. So I'll be betting against them only because because <laughs> it makes financial sense right. to do so when all the money is on exactly them, right. Even last night, for example, against yeah. Chicago, the Blackhawks, now they ended up covering the two and a half point spread, but the Blackhawks were paying almost even money and catching two and a half goals in an NHL game. Wow. That's, that's, that's crazy. That's a story <laughs> wow. there, right there. Man. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, Abs. We'll dive back into this, I'm sure, in some form. Tuesday, episode 42. Thanks for joining us. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Talk soon. All right, Brain. Now the weekends for the Ray and Dregs Hockey Podcast. You've got an exciting outdoor game coming up and then a relatively quiet weekend or what's on the dock? Well, I get to get, do you ever book a flight, Dregs? I know you don't book flights, <laughs> but do you ever book it and you go at the time it must have really made sense to me? Yeah, I have. So, I've done that. Uh, so there's going to be 55,000 people at this hockey game. Game starts at eight. Mm-hmm. Getting out of... That area in Raleigh doesn't happen lickety split. No, it's a challenge sometimes. So I'm going to get back to the hotel, I'm guessing close to midnight. This this is not anybody else's problem except my stupidity of booking this flight. My flight leaves at 5.20 a.m. Oh. What was I thinking? What am I doing? How, how long of a flight though? Well, the first flight goes, I don't even know oh, how yeah, I'm there's a home. connector. That's right. You're it's in a Raleigh. connector. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I, but I get home at noon. So the whole point was I wanted to get out early so I could get there at noon. Right. But I've done this long enough to know this is the real problem with that. I'm going to get home at noon. I'm going to walk in the house and say hi to everybody. Have a nap. And then I'm going to go to nap. Yeah. So the fact that I'm home early really doesn't matter. Right. Right. Nobody's right. going to even know I'm here because I'm going to barely say hi and stumble up the stairs and go to bed. Yeah. It's that poor, I need to talk to my travel consultant, which is me. Right. Yes, the the only saving grace in, in thinking this through is I don't think that there'll be a mad rush at the airport for a 520 flight. So all those people that are there, the chances are trying to sleep it off and taking a later flight. So Yeah, the uh yeah, the the crowd at four fifteen at security is probably pretty small. <laughs> all right. Well, enjoy what do the you got? what do you got? Any uh, yeah. ice fishing or exciting No activities like that no 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 jason palter who's a big shot producer at tsn sent the insiders an email yesterday acknowledging that we are now officially on the on-call clock so if something were to go down of trade significance yes i would be sparking up my uh, in-studio camera here and uh doing something so i i have to be responsible might go to uh, wealth storm oshawa generals game on Saturday. That's as exciting as it's likely going to get. Yeah, yeah but those are, and, those are fun. Yeah. Have to pick some tile doing a kitchen reno. So hang on. Who's Ollie picking Drager the tile? Um, well, she got to pick the first example yesterday and we plopped it down and I don't like it. So now I get to pick the second rendition and then there'll be a tough decision that needs to be made. Okay. Let me, let me tell Hoping you. So that happens on the week. We were, 
we built a house. It's now seven years ago. Yeah. And as we were putting it together, my ignorance of the project drags really came into focus. Yeah. So we, we had this drawing of like this house we thought would be a really nice house. So I was on the road somewhere and Cammy sent me the, the first sketches, right? So I yeah. take a look at it. I don't know anything. And so I go, yeah, it looks great. I said, but that window out front, it's a little flat. It looks like a garage. I get a, a text back. It is the garage. It is. <laughs> I had no idea. What an idiot. Just sit there and just stay out of the all right, buddy. Well, safe travels. And, Thank you, uh, sir. Have a great weekend. And everybody, thanks for listening. We'll talk to yeah, you next ho- week. Hopefully, we have some trades to chew on for Tuesday. It's possible, obviously, with Gavrikov and Chekrin. So thanks, Ray, and thanks to our partners who make the podcast possible. Title sponsor, our friends at Canadian Club, who ask, are you over beer? Buy Boston Pizza. Pick it up. Get it delivered to your door. Just let Boston Pizza do the cooking tonight. Matano.ca, now available in Ontario. Remember, the game starts now. And by doer, use code RNDPANTS and you will save 15% off everything at doer.ca. Episode 41 of the Rain Drakes Hockey Podcast. Until Tuesday, stay safe, everybody. Mm-hmm.